The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. With hearts lifted up, we bear greetings this morning, whether you are here present with us in the nave of Marsh Chapel at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, whether you are listening live over over radio waves at WBUR 90.9 FM throughout New England, or around the world listening live on the internet at WBUR.org, or listening later to the podcast at bu.edu slash chapel. Welcome to this service of worship as we celebrate the first Sunday after the Epiphany and the Baptism of the Lord. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as University Chaplain for Community Life here at Marsh Chapel. I bear greetings on behalf of our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, as he is away this week and looks forward to being back with us next month. I also uh, bear a special word of welcome this morning to our preacher, the Reverend Soren Hessler, who serves as Chapel Associate for Leadership Development here at Marsh Chapel. A word of welcome as well to our guest choir, Incoro Novo, under the direction of uh, their music director, Dr. Therese Provenzano. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The word of the Lord. Be to God.
A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying responsively verses from Psalm 29 with the antiphon. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Dear friends, I invite you to stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri, the reading of the Gospel. Amen. 
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Good morning, friends. It is indeed a good morning, even if a particularly cold sub-zero one here on the banks of the Charles River today. Streets are mostly cleared, the tea is running on a normal schedule, and even if the sidewalks are more like tunnels and valleys through snowy mountain peaks, we are slowly returning to going about our normal business. The bomb cyclone has passed, the snow days are over, and the city has returned to its winter normalcy. For many of us in greater Boston, we observed a snow day, or two, this week. A brief moment of pause, an interruption in our normal rhythms, a time to observe, to take stock of where we are, to wonder, and to think. In the liturgical calendar, today is also something of a snow day. Yes, the wise ones have returned to their homes in the east. Yesterday was Epiphany that day in our calendar when we remember the adoration of the Christ child by learned ones from afar, bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But as we move into a season of ordinary time, you see the green today. There is also a pause in the calendar to remember Jesus' baptism that provides us with the opportunity to remember our own baptism and reflect on our relationship with the divine. Baptisms are often amusing events for a family and a whole church community. A wily aunt takes guesses from a host of cousins about whether the new baby cousin will squeal when the pastor pours water on her head. A congregation wonders if the new pastor has the touch to hold a squirmy child and pour water at the same time. When the pastor's off-balance attempt to take the baby turns the squirming into a whale, the congregants smile and whisper to one another that the young pastor will improve when he has children of his own someday. And for that young pastor, the terror of attempting to hold a squirming infant, recite a prayer, and sprinkle water all at the same time soon gives way to shared smiles and the child, with the child's family when the fantastic juggling act is over. The sight of a child's baptism is sure to bring a smile or two, if only for the odd spectacle of the occasion. Do you remember your baptism? 
Do you remember being thrust underwater in an inflatable pool behind Marsh Chapel on a frosty Easter's Eve? Maybe you had water sprinkled on your head in the warmth of the church you grew up in. Perhaps all you remember is water. But that occasion was about a whole lot more than water. The place may or may not have been familiar, but certainly the people surrounding you on that occasion were. A parent, godparents, an aunt, a grandparent, close friends. However, for many of us, our memories of baptism are not our own. We were baptized as infants. Our parents or other special people in our lives made a commitment to God and to the church to nurture us. They promised that through their teaching and example in our lives, we might be guided to accept God's grace for ourselves and profess our own faith openly. Perhaps the words of commitment in baptism are familiar to you as you shared in the joy of the baptism of a loved one. Your memories of baptism may come from hearing a crying infant alarmed by the surprising sprinkling of water on the forehead or through seeing a partner renew her baptismal vows on the nearly always balmy banks of the Jordan River, just a few miles north of the Dead Sea. Perhaps you yourself have committed to nurture a child in the church so that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves and to profess their faith openly. Or perhaps you're able to recall your own baptism. You freely elected to accept a special relationship with God and the church universal. You entered into a covenant. Your baptism marked not only your commitment to God and to a community, but also that community's commitment of thoughtful support and nurturing care to you. You were submerged fully in a swimming pool or a lake, and you confidently recited your own baptismal promises for yourself. Now, churches come in all shapes and sizes, and they have different ways of doing baptism. Chances are, if you're listening to this sermon, that you will encounter or be joined to a handful or more of Christian communities in your life. No matter what your experience or expectations about baptism, I know Marsh Chapel to be one of those places of thoughtful support and nurturing care. While the chapel is a community of support for a university community, we understand ourselves to be in relationship with the wider community and to anyone who is seeking authentic Christian community. I say this by way of invitation, especially to those listening on the radio or via the internet We at Marsh Chapel are delighted to be in relationship with you. Whether you entered into the sacrament as an infant, a young person, or an adult, baptism binds you to God in love through mutual commitment. We here at Marsh Chapel affirm that relationship and seek to support you in your spiritual journey. And for those who wish to learn more about the sacrament and further cultivate their relationship with God, we're a community of support and love. If baptism is something you're interested in exploring, please speak with one of our staff after the service today or contact the chapel office by email at chapel at bu.edu or give us a call at 617-353-3560. The next regular opportunity for adult baptism will be the Easter Vigil service. In the liturgical calendar, much like the Gospel of Mark, We fast forward through Jesus' childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, 
and find him standing at the edge of the River Jordan, about to begin a season of ministry, teaching, and healing. Jesus' childhood is largely absent from the Gospel accounts. We know very little about Jesus' first 30 years of life, and we know even less about the community which supported Jesus during those 30 years. But we do know that there were people who surrounded him, shared happy occasions with him, and who grieved with him. He was formed by a community, Mary, Joseph, and many, many others. And it was that community of support which helped prepare him to head to the Jordan. We, too, need a community of support to prepare us and form us for the journey of life. In Mark's account, John the Baptist serves as herald for Jesus, his ministry and the great gift he offers humanity. John the Baptist, the wild man living in the desert, wearing animal skin and eating locusts, was proclaiming good news to all Israel, inviting them to repentance of sins and foretelling of the gift of God's real presence with us in the Holy Spirit. Mark writes of John the Baptist's description of Jesus, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. But soon the one about whom John was proclaiming appeared on the river's edge to greet John and be baptized. This powerful prophet, divine healer, the one about whom John had been preaching, was coming to John to be baptized. Jesus did not have any need to repent of anything and be baptized. Rather, he asked for baptism for the sake of others. He took part in John's baptism by water to be united with all people who earnestly seek to be in relationship with God. In Jesus' baptism, God acted in a very powerful, very visible way. Mark tells us that the heavens were torn apart and the Spirit of God descended like a dove and rested on Jesus. This visible sign of the Spirit's presence with Jesus in his baptism is part of God's promise of the Spirit's presence with us in baptism. In the sacrament of baptism, we remember Jesus' own baptism. We are baptized by water for repentance of sins and baptized by the Spirit in covenant relationship with God. In trust of God's continued covenant with all baptized persons, we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, acknowledging in the sacrament that the individual being baptized accepts a special relationship with the divine and desires God's already present grace. This joins us with Christians all over the world and welcomes us into God's family. We are not only children of God, but we are adopted into a global family of sisters and brothers in Christ. While we may not see the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending in baptism, we know and trust that God is fully present in the sacrament and lives in the lives of all people. Baptism, like communion, is an outward sign of inward grace and a means whereby we receive the same. God pursues us for relationship relentlessly, and God loves us unceasingly. John Wesley taught that in baptism a person was cleansed of the guilt of original sin, initiated into the covenant with God, admitted into the church, made an heir of the divine kingdom, and spiritually born anew. A lot is going on in the few moments of baptism. Sometimes we don't realize the full wonder and mystery of the moment. 
Perhaps that has been our own experience of baptism. Have you felt the full wonder and the miracle of the sacrament? Have you felt cleansed, initiated into the covenant with God, received into the church, made an heir of the divine kingdom, born anew? Sometimes as we go through life, we don't always recognize the gravity and magnitude of the events unfolding around us until after they've happened. For many, a college graduation may be one of those moments that we didn't fully comprehend as it unfolded. The commencement ceremony might rush by in a blur, Red, red robe, black hat, forgettable speeches, and then a 20-foot walk across the stage and a small piece of paper in hand. A small 20-foot walk doesn't take very long, but it means something. And even if we don't recognize it in the moment, it means something. Receiving a diploma in May but not starting a new job until August 1st might mean we don't fully appreciate days of sleeping in until 10.30 for class, until we're up at 5.30 each day to beat the morning commuter rush to arrive on time to that job that we longed for. Now, baptism is certainly a more deeply transformational experience than a college graduation, but perhaps you're still contemplating its meaning in your life. Whether you were baptized last Easter or decades ago as an infant, baptism is more than our pledge and dedication to God and to the church, it is our acceptance of God's grace, the opportunity to be in communion with the divine, to experience forgiveness and reconciliation, and to fellowship in and with the Holy Spirit. Through baptism, we come to know the assurance of pardon offered in the gift of Christ's life. Here at Marsh, we include in the liturgy an assurance of pardon as a reminder of the gift God freely gives and which we accepted in baptism. Most weeks, you hear a member of the ministry staff share the following good news, saying, If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. On Sundays, when communion is celebrated, we are reminded, Hear the good news! Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. This is meant to be an ongoing reminder of the gift we receive through Jesus Christ. Indeed, if we earnestly repent and accept God, we are forgiven. Accepting God's gift of love is at the heart of our passage from Acts today. The disciples that Paul encounters in Ephesus had repented of their sins, but had not accepted the gift of the Spirit. Their baptism was incomplete because it was the baptism of the repentance of John. They had not heard the totality of the good news of Christ's baptism. Through it, they could join in fellowship with the divine, be born anew, given a fresh start. And in the sacrament of baptism, we are joined in this fellowship, born anew, and given a fresh start. During the Christmas season, the hustle and bustle, the traveling, the visiting relatives, the special gift to God to us, that is, forgiveness and fellowship, may not have been at the forefront of our minds. Perhaps we did not think of it at all. Perhaps in quiet and lonesome moments we longed for fellowship and did not experience what we had hoped for. I think that very often when we are journeying through Advent in expectation of the celebration of the birth of the infant, we lose sight of the gift that the infant brings. 
In Christ's birth, life, and ministry, God does come to dwell among us, to be with us. So often during the Christmas season, we hear about Emmanuel, God with us, God born into the world as a babe in a stable and laid in a manger. Indeed, God was made flesh in Jesus and dwelt among us, and God continues to be with us through the Holy Spirit. In baptism, we invite God to be with us in a very special way. We commit ourselves to God and know that God will be with us during all of life's trials and toils. We trust that in the Spirit, whose presence we accept in baptism, God will be our constant companion and our supporter. God does not abandon God's covenant with us, even if we wander from it. The Spirit remains steadfast, chasing after us as a tireless friend, even when we turn away. Today is a moment in the life of the Church in which we are invited to be reminded of God's real presence with us. In a moment this morning, we will observe an order of reaffirmation of the baptismal covenant. For those who have received baptism and who wish to renew their relationship with God, you'll be invited to renew the promises made at your baptism. Touch the water and remember that you are a beloved child of God in covenant relationship with God and the church. As you renew your baptismal vows today, I invite you to recommit yourself to God and to accept the presence of the spirits, the Spirit in your life anew. Amen. I invite you to find a hymnal in front of you and turn to page 50 so that you can follow along with the reaffirmation of the baptismal covenant. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. The responses to these questions are on pages 50 and 51. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? I, I do. do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I, I do. do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? I will. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought forth through the Jordan to the land which you had promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all people. Pour out your Holy Spirit and by the gift of water, call us to repentance, to remembrance, the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins and you clothe us with righteousness through our lives, that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives with you, Holy Spirit, and us and reigns forever. Amen. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. As the choir leads us in our hymn, I invite you to come forward, touch the water, touch your hand to your forehead, and remember your baptism.
let us rejoice in the faithfulness of our covenant God. We give thanks for all that God has already given us as members of the body of Christ and in this congregation of Marsh Chapel. We will faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome again to Marsh Chapel. We are delighted to be in worship with you this morning, whether you're chilly with us here in person um, or joining us in a warm place via the radio or podcast. Um, a few announcements this morning. First, we always want to get to know you better and to help greet you by name and to help you learn your neighbor's name. You can help us with that by signing in on the red books that are found in the center aisle of each pew and passing those along if you're here in person. Or if you want to, you're joining us virtually, please email us at chapel at bu.edu to check in. Next, um, regular weekday chapel activities remain suspended while students are on winter break, but the office will be open this week during its regular hours. We invite you to join our potluck past dish luncheon following the service downstairs. I'd invite you to join me in sharing gratitude for Encoro Novo's music um, leadership this morning under the direction of Dr. Therese Provenzano. Last announcement, um, this Sunday is a communion Sunday, and we have some uh, information about that. The chapel in our big tent tradition observes the sacrament with both wine and grape juice. We have wine on the pulpit side, which is on the other side of me, on the far side, and grape juice here in front of me on the lectern side. We also have gluten-free wafers on a separate patent to make the table as open and as accessible as possible to all who wish to receive. Just indicate that you would need that when you come up. Christ's table is indeed open to all, regardless of doctrine, creed, denominational identity, country of origin, sexual or orientation, visa status, or any other worldly demarcation. All are welcome. We believe that communion is a means of grace and opportunity to directly encounter the divine. If you are genuinely seeking to deepen your relationship with God today, the table is open to you. And as with every communion Sunday, we have the opportunity for healing stations, which will be found under the first window there on the pulpit side. And now, as the ushers wait upon us for our tithes and offerings, I invite you to participate in the discipline of generosity by giving into the plate, donating at bu.edu slash chapel, or supporting us through a commitment to prayer and service.
God of grace and God of glory, pour upon these gifts and the givers the power of your spirit that we and they may serve you in the world. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. 
hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us offer one another signs of Christ's peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself our light and our salvation in his baptism and in table fellowship he took his place with sinners your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. And by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm grateful to adapt and echo the words of my Bishop Gregory Von Palmer in benediction this morning. As you go from this place today, know that God pursues you for relationship relentlessly, and God loves you unceasingly. May Almighty God send you with faith, courage, and compassion into the world as both sign and invitation of the transforming relationship available to all through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.